What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track, formerly known as Pave the Way Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck, and on this show, you are gonna learn exactly how to be successful as a real estate investor. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you've done dozens and dozens of deals. This is a podcast you're gonna be able to listen to that's gonna give you actionable, specific advice on how to be successful within real estate investing. I'm gonna interview top-notch real estate investors each and every week, and there's also gonna be some content that is just gonna be me telling you exactly about my journey and how I've went from a broke kid starting out to a million-dollar real estate investor. So if you wanna learn how to be successful investing in real estate, this is the show to listen to, and I'm looking forward to being able to serve you at a high level. All right, the highly anticipated part two interview with Brett Generelli. So if you didn't listen to part one, I, I recommend you go out there and you listen to it just so you can kind of get Bet, uh, Brett's background and how he how he got to where he got to now. So now Brett works in our business. He's an absolute beast at buying properties. I'm telling you, this guy knows how to get deals. Uh, and he has learned from years of experience now how to communicate with sellers, how to get houses and uh, how Brett personally, you know, changed his life by getting involved in the real estate business. So Brett, uh, let's just, let's do a cliff notes version on how you initially got into real estate. And then we'll start talking about, you know, what do we, what, what do you, what do you and I do on a daily basis to get deals? Because, you know, we've been buying, you know, eight, nine, 10 properties a month for the last couple of months. So, you know, clearly we're, we're, you know, have a system figured out, you know? Yeah, definitely. Sounds like a plan. So yeah, the uh, the quick notes version is I was working at a Kia dealership selling cars for six months. Uh, it didn't end up working out in the long run. Um, it wasn't the right vehicle for me. I was getting up, going to the door, trying to get every customer that comes in the door. And the I remember the owner or the manager actually yelled at me that the other employees weren't getting enough attention from people walking in. And that I should sit on the phone more and try to get, you know, try to get my own people to come in. But when I wasn't on the phone, I would just sit by the door. I was like, I'm going to, I'm I'm sitting at my desk for eight hours. You know, I would work eight, eight in the morning to eight at night some days. And I was like, I'm not going to just sit here. Like I'm going to try to get a deal. So anyway, it was just not working out there. Um, wasn't the right vehicle for me. So I applied to Lexus in Ramsey and I uh, went in for the interview. Um, I, I told him a little bit about myself and whatnot and uh, didn't have much experience. He's like, that's perfect. You seem like a great candidate. I'll call you. Calls me the next day or the day after. He's like, what's up, man? I'm going to send you some paperwork. Like, we're we're going to hire you. We're bringing you on board. He goes, yeah, you're going to make uh, like two grand a month and then whatever commissions. And I was like, I'm going to make two grand a month salary. And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, like what? And I was like, oh, he's like, what, what was your other thing? I was like, I was just working commissions. He was like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, I was like basically going broke. I was, I was making, you know, 400 bucks a week or something like that and spending 60 hours. You're making 400 bucks a week? Yeah, so, sometimes I can, you know, some if I got enough deals, but there was a draw. So if I, if I did like four lease signups in a week, that's just hitting my draw. So like I had to like really sell used cars and whatnot. So I was hyped. I was like, yes, I, I still had cat five at the time. I was like, let's go. I'm going to be making like, you know, average money. I was like, I'll make two grand a month plus whatever I could sell. And I, I was like pretty confident. I was like, I love cars. I know cars. And I, I was getting a little bit better. I was getting my feet wet in sales. So I was like, all right, this is perfect. And I was so excited. 
and I got a call from my buddy Greg Hellback, and I was just like, "What's up, man?" And uh, you were like, "Hey, uh, what what are you doing for work or whatnot?" And I remember I like, this too. This was back in like yeah, October I was of like, 2019. Yeah, I was like, "Dude, I just got a job at Lexus Ramsey. It's a nice dealership." You were like, "Hell yeah, that's amazing." Um, you're like, okay, because I was just calling about uh one of my investor friends. He's he's looking for an acquisitions guy. So I was just curious. I knew you were in sales because we were talking about Kia for for a bit. Um, so yeah, just to give you guys some background too, me and me and Greg have been uh good friends for since high school. So yeah, we've been in, in communication way before uh velocity. So um you knew about that and you were like, Yeah, I knew you were getting in sales, so I was gonna give you the opportunity to maybe get into real estate. And I was like, real estate. <laughs> so you always hear that real estate's a great, great business. You know, you hear it's a great investment for your future. You hear that, you know, you know, there's money in it. And for me, it was about making as much money as I can to build my, my cat five business. I was like, if I can make more money, if I need to buy marketing, if I have to buy more product, like it's going to basically increase my chances. So I had to make a very big decision. Um, and I was like, man, like, what's what's that job look like? You were like, it's just straight commission, you know, no salary. Like, you're going to be calling people. And I was like, okay. And this was for a friend. So, listen, this was for a, a friend of ours. Like, this was like, yeah. I was basically like being like a little mini headhunter for my friend. And then right. that's what I was trying to Right, right. Out. This was not working with Greg directly yeah. at, yeah, at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't until years later that that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, this was at least three years ago. And, um, I just, I sat that night and I was just thinking like, what, what do I do? I, on one, one hand, I have a job that's going to make me more money than I ever have. Like if I can pull in five, six, seven grand a month at this dealership, that's more than I've ever made yet to this date. Yeah. So I was or not to this date, but back then I was like, that's, that's amazing. And it's guaranteed. The guy was like, I like you. I'm going to hire him. I'm going to teach you everything. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, this is walking into instant income, basically. Yeah. And I'm thousands of dollars in credit card yeah. debt and trying to get my head out of water. So I'm like, this is amazing. But on the other side, I just kind of went back to that long-term thinking. And I was like, man, I'm 20, whatever, 23. Uh, I think I was 23 when I started with Paul. And I was like, if I could start now and really, you know, make it further in real estate in the long run, that's going to be a better investment for me or better decision. So long story short, I sat on it that night and it was one of the hardest decisions I made. Um, and I, I told Lexus, I was like, Hey man, I'm not, I'm not coming in. Um, you know, I, I got another opportunity. I'm sorry. And, uh, that really seemed like a good vehicle for me. And I think they would have done a decent job, but so I, uh, and that's when I started with, with, uh, with Paul, our, our good friend, Paul Del Pozo. He's a, is, is a great guy. So and, you started buying houses. So now you're, now you're in the thick of it. So, you know, you've grown a lot since then, you know, since your, your elementary years in real estate as a, as yes. a rookie. Right. So like, let's talk about like when you got started, right. Cause, cause you had jumped right into the fire. So you were basically, you know, dealing with sellers virtually uh, you were living in New York at the time and, and, and you're buying properties mostly in Florida. So like when you got started, like what, what was your first like 90 days? Like, because like, it was just you didn't have a lot of leads coming <laughs> at you. You, know, you didn't have any experience yet. Didn't have any money. Ooh. Like you were just kind of like totally fucking running around, you know? Yeah. Um, you had a anyway, shitty laptop. You had like a fucking clunky like PC. You were just. Yeah, I had yeah. the H. Yep. I had my HP. 
God. Uh, first time working at home. So, I mean, that was a learning curve in itself too. Uh, because when you work from home, you have to be pretty self-motivated. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was a little bit of a curve working from home. The first thing, um, but I loved it cause I, I didn't have to commute to work and whatnot. So I was like, Oh, this is cool. Uh, so yeah, first 90 days, I mean, we were just getting leads in and I would basically, uh, call them back. You know, I, I worked my way and I didn't know a thing about real estate, literally nothing. Um, I didn't know much about sales. I was in sales, maybe six months. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm going to commit to this. This is my future. Like I'm going to, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. And Basically, I, I was like, let's go. And then I started getting uh, shitted on, basically. <laughs> I'd pick up the phone and I just would sound like, like I would read off a script. I had a script, you know, the first, you know, couple months and I was so nervous and I'd just be like, oh, can, can you tell me you know, the property? And I remember calling people and I would have uh, a couple realtors were usually the most rude. Oh, I'd have realtors. What? Who are you? What? Why are you asking? And just completely, you know, roast me this one lady was like texting us like don't ever tell that monkey idiot to call me again like i was yeah oh it was God. it was a little bit it wasn't you know that was a couple of sellers most people were nice but basically the, you know the first few months i was just getting used to trying to listen to what someone's saying yeah. and then trying to figure out what i'm gonna say at the same time i was just like uh and i you know it's it's hard to 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 do that so Basically, you know, that was the first 90 days. And then from there, I, you know, started to figure out the process more, knowing what questions I want to ask. Um, Paul was very good at getting me uh, login credentials for uh, sales training. So I was doing sales training every day. So uh, I was taking it very seriously. So I would, uh, and I took my personal development very seriously at this time too. Because uh, I knew that would really impact my future. So I would write down, you know, I for 30 minutes or an hour a day, do sales training, like every day, consistently do the sales training, and you're going to get better. And I was like, okay, so started learning like, impact questions, picture perfect questions, calibrated questions, all this shit, I had no idea, just because I have to get over the part of just like actually listening to somebody first. Yeah. And then I started getting, you know, learning the questions to ask. And then it started just drilling, you know, the more swings at bat, uh, it would just get drilled into my head. So then I would know, I would worry less about where, what, like what I was like thinking about saying or doing and more listening to somebody, asking them an open question, listening, and then kind of just going with that conversation. So yeah. that was basically from 90 days, I didn't know anything and, and how to talk, whatever. And then after that point, I basically had to just get the process down pat. And then once I knew the process, I knew that anywhere I was on the process during that phone call, whether it's in the beginning or the end, if we steer off of that process, I now knew how to get them back to the process. So if we start talking about Nancy and Joe and the neighbor and the house is dilapidated, then, you know, I can be like, okay, you know, go into that a little bit in case there's something there that maybe we need to bring to the surface. Like, Hey, I have this problem, like blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about it. But then it's okay. Well, if we could solve the problem and get you a good price for the house, when would you actually want to sell? And then basically having that power to bring people back onto the process helped me start getting deals. Um, yeah. Because you're always directing them. Yeah, you're always right. Talking. So no matter how much like of an idiot I might have sounded in the beginning, I as long I just knew as long as I was to get them back to that process and eventually to the close that 
that's that's what I needed to do. Totally, bro. So you got your teeth cut first 90 days. You know, you learned the systems. You know, you had a very good run with the other investor and they ended up wanting to go down a commercial, more of a commercial uh, path. So so at that point, you know, you were able, you know, you wanted to still stay in the residential game. So, you know, as the other investor went down that commercial path, which is which is a great idea for them. You know, you wanted to stay in the residential game. So the way that you did that was you actually reached out to me. You were driving me to the airport. This is a funny story. Uh, and you're like, hey, you know, so-and-so actually is going to start going more into commercial. I want to stay more in residential, et cetera. So, uh, you know, what would you want to maybe work together? And, I, you know, I, you were driving me in my car to the airport, I think. Or no, I was driving. No, yeah, I, I, we were in my. I was car. driving your car. I was driving your car back. Yeah, you need. Yeah, I, you I drove were, you to the airport with back. you in the front seat, and then you drove the yeah. car back, and then I shipped it. So, yeah. I thought about it on the plane ride there, and uh, got back, and um, you know, got back to San Diego, and I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I at the time I didn't think I had like a a real like opportunity. I was like, I had like these bullshit beliefs, and it's funny how like I said that now, and to look where we're at now, it's ridiculous. But like, I was like, oh, I don't know if I have enough leads. Like, I didn't really know like. I wasn't really looking higher, like, like not where I wasn't, I wasn't really looking for someone. Like I was just kind of like, you know, I was me and Anna and we were just kind of like doing our thing. And I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? Like this would definitely make sense. If I actually think about like a way to like, I, I wanted to like say like, how, how does this, like, how does working, you know, you know, in our business, how is it going to benefit you? Right. Like I, I like thought about you first. I'm like, how does it benefit this guy? And then when I actually like logically figured out how it would do, like how it would benefit you, uh, you know, we had a conversation, actually we had a couple conversations uh, and like, while we're doing this, you were helping me out with other houses. Like you were going and running around and finding some, um, putting lock boxes on some of the houses I was doing. So like yeah. you already were kind of like making some money with me. And yeah. then like, once we kind of figured out like the systems and like, once we kind of got you rolling, like fortunately for me, when you started working with, with, with our team, like you already had your teeth cut, you already kind of like paid your dues, like, with, like with getting your ass beat. So you were really able to hit your stride, you know, and then we started turning up the marketing. So now like fast forward, you know, you're buying more houses than you ever have before, you know, our business is starting to grow tremendously. So I figured we spend the rest of the show today, like really talking about how do you and I get like so many houses in our markets compared to other people? Because a lot of people, you know, that I talk to, that you talk to, like they have a tough time finding deals, you know, the sellers, like you and I, obviously we're not amazing, but we're, we're pretty damn good at what we do. Actually, I would consider us amazing at this point, but you know, just to totally blow ourselves on this podcast, but like, you know, we're in the same market as the competitors, but yet when we compete with people, we generally, not every time, usually we do win the house. So like, what have you seen by doing this? Like you've been doing this business now for a while. Like yeah. what makes you different against the other people? Because there's, there's some things that we can explain. And then there's other things that are just like, it's like an intangible, like kind of character trait, you know, like Definitely. The certainty. So I'll just kind of let you start jamming here, dude. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, quick side note. Yeah. And I, I, so what intrigued me so much to to hit up Greg too was, I was making, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars a month. And Greg would be like, Hey bud, can you drop this lockbox at this house? When it closes, I'll I'll give you a thousand bucks. So I was like, Yeah, I'll do that. And I learned that in an hour of my time, I made a thousand dollars. And I was like, Holy shit, like this is something to be back hit court. Yeah, and that too. So yeah, it was a referral deal that we had closed. So I was like, wow, there's definitely, you know, something here. 
So to, to answer your question, what, what kind of divides us? It's like, so, so real quick before we get into that. So, so yeah. you said something to me last week that was funny with the, uh, with the kick court deal. If you don't mind telling that real quick story with the, the money you made on that when you didn't yeah. know, remember yeah. we had that conversation. So what happened there? Yeah. So, uh, so my neighbor, uh, Mr. Gore, he passed away, um, you know, maybe five, six years ago. And uh, about three years ago, I was going on walks every day and I would walk past his house and it was empty, but his son would mow the lawn every two weeks and like make it look nice. So it looked, it looked like someone was living there, but no one, I knew no one was living there. So I kept walking by every single day and I was just like, man, like there's no one living in this house. Like, I, I wonder if he like wants to sell it. I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, well, if he wants to sell it, I don't have money to buy it. I don't have hundreds of thousand dollars to buy it. And I don't know who he's going to give me a loan. I was like, let me call Greg because he, he's been buying houses. He, he probably knows a way to get this done. And so that's what happened. I called you up and I was like, Hey man, there's this vacant house here. Like I, you know, no one's living in it. <laughs> and your ears perked up. You're like, what? A vacant house inherited, you know? So I said, I, we got, a, you know, inherited vacant house on our hands. What do you want to do about it? And uh, you immediately took action, got the seller on the phone, called some relatives, got the seller on the phone, made a deal happen. Uh, you, you called me along the way a couple of weeks and you're like, yo, I'm getting buying the house. I was like, fuck yeah. And then uh, you, you said nonchalantly on the call, you go, oh yeah, you mind if I, so can I throw you six grand for this? Like three on the front end, three on the back end. And I remember being like, six grand and to me at the time i mean six grand is six grand you know even now it's that's a, that's a good chunk of change so i was like i was like holy shit this is what i make in months time now back to the time thing i was like this would take me months to make and we're just making it on one thing that i referred him all i did was call him i didn't even do anything i just called you and was like hey there's a house here so that was the story you were like can i give you six grand and i said Yes, you could give me six grand. I, you know, it was like I, I thought that was more than fair. And I remember I, I like zelled you the three, and you were like, "Holy shit!" And then I'm like, "Yeah, we'll close this thing out in like three or four months. I'll, I'll pop you three on the back end." You're like, "Yeah, okay, that sounds good." Yeah, like, so that even that alone had a huge impact on my life, brother. So that, right. that was, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, so yeah, that was just a fun because I remember like you know I, I don't know what your expectations were, but like maybe you were thinking like a thousand, two thousand, and I'm like, it, and yeah. That's, house, that's made, what, like I think I made ninety thousand dollars on that house, like net. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'll give Brett six. I just made fucking ninety. I mean, all albeit I had to you know raise the money and like not years of experience. So you know, it's not like I did the rehab and everything. Too. Yeah, we did the whole thing. We got permits and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was expect. I think finders, I assumed finder fee was like 1500 bucks or something like that. So that was, you know, four, four X of what my expectations were. So yeah, you heard me on the phone. I was like, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> let, let's focus in on the, on the house buying. So like, on the what, now. what do you do today that, that makes you great at what you do? Cause you really are, man. Like what, what do you, if we have to like, not like our, what is our company theme? 95, five, like what, what are the critical things that we have just tried and are continuing to master that allow us to convert deals that are convertible? Great. So I would say number one is that our core values of the company of velocity are in line and we stand by our values very strongly, like doing what we say we're going to do, working with integrity urgency, the same urgency if someone called me up for a, 
product I was going to make $20 on or a house that we're going to make 20 grand on, it's the same urgency. So basically, you know, having good core values and living by those every day and then having a really good process. So being able to confidently say that you're going to help this person, you know that you can either buy their house or wholesale it or however you want to exit. As long as you're totally transparent with the seller and telling them exactly what's going on, you're going to build trust. And when you speak to the sellers, you're going to have a lot of conviction because you've done it multiple, multiple, multiple times and you've helped many people and you really believe in your process. So when you're when someone comes to you with a problem and you listen and you have a solution for them, I feel that most people are looking for that solution, but not everybody gets the deal. So it's basically come down to, in my opinion, who can build the most trust with a seller based on you listen exactly what's going on. You identify the problem that they have from your own perspective. And once that's all on the table, everything that you know they're looking to do, and you come up with the solution for them, and you're completely in conviction that whole process, they want to sell you the property because they have confidence in you. So price becomes a little bit less involved at that point. So to answer your question about competitors, we've gone to houses where people have offered 10000 more, so even $20,000 more than us. It's crazy. But when the person had the problem and they reached out, we called them back a minute later. If, if a minute later. Sometimes yeah. we call them back right. Basically, we see it come in and me and Greg's ears perk up and we 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 grab that lead because we were talking about this yesterday. With investing, it's it's about timing. You know, you bought Bitcoin four years ago, you got millions of dollars. You buy it two years ago and you're 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 dead broke. A lot of people lost money. Yeah, you so, lost all, yeah, all your money. Yeah. yeah. So every investment is timing. You never know when you're gonna get a deal. So to treat every single lead until you qualify, at least until you get them on the phone to either qualify or disqualify them, every single lead could be that deal that makes you hundred grand. So just having that urgency, I'm gonna call you back at six Pete, doing what we're say we're gonna do, our core value, working with integrity. And just being persistent and just calling them, figuring out what's going on, showing up to the house. And then, hey, are you going to shop other offers? Yeah. Oh, this guy offered me 20 grand. And then just ask, how do you feel about that? Oh, he seemed a little shady. You know, he came to my house. He, he was, he, I, I don't know. It's the trust. They, they didn't trust him because he didn't do a good enough job presenting the solution and building the trust and, and going through the whole process. So when ex, you know, Mr. Seller can either sell to us for, for you know, 120, but this other guy is offering him 130. If he doesn't think that that 130 purchase price is going to go through, if he has any doubt that like in 30 days, it's like yeah. there's a chance this guy flakes, he'd rather take 10 grand less to have the conviction in his mind that his house is going to sell because he needs to go, you know, he needs to go places, he needs money, whatever the case is. Obviously, if they call you, it's a very it's a serious problem if you have identified it and they, they want the solution. So uh, that, in my case, is definitely the biggest uh, thing, you know, sales skills, questions. Um, a lot of that comes into play along the process. I don't want to, you know, act like we don't, uh, you know, ask the right questions and, and do the right things. But 
on top, like behind all of that, the core is, I think if you're really an honest person and you're, you work urgently and you have a good system where you can actually help someone, you're not and trying to get someone to sell their house. Like if you have those three things, uh, you could pretty much kind of not be the best salesman in the world, quote unquote. Exactly. But, you could be, you could be haphazard yeah. because you have the, it's dude, you just mentioned something that's so powerful and it's the, the fact that we, when we're on the phone with somebody, when you're on the phone with somebody, you believe so much in the service that you and I offer people. Like if we work the numbers out, we're guaranteed to perform. So we're able to negotiate a lot harder because of that. We're not like, like you're not on the phone, like, uh, maybe we'll be able to buy this house. Like, ah, eh, I don't know. Maybe the numbers, like, you hit me up. I tell you exactly where we got to be at. And I'm like, yo, anywhere under this number is a go is a let's go. Let's take this thing down. And like, you're able to negotiate with such certainty. And when people on the phone, I was telling this to you yesterday, when somebody on the phone or in person can just subconsciously feel that certainty, certainty get communicated. That certainty is probably the most influential persuasion thing you can have is the certainty because so the person on the other end, whether you're in person, because we do that, or on the phone, because we do that, they know you're there to help them. And they almost feel they know you don't need the house either, because we're not desperate. We do enough business. We got enough money to where we don't need to fucking buy these houses. Do we want right. to? Of course. But we don't need to. We don't force deals. Like We let them unfold, and we do everything we have control over, and you do everything you have control over in order to make sure uh, to see if that deal is closable, right? So- at the end of the day, that's something I've really noticed with you at what makes you different is I'm a little bit more of an asshole. And, and that's just, it is what it is, I guess, at this point. You're very direct, but I think you're much more nurturing than I am. And that's a compliment. Like, I'm more like, I just go, like, remember that guy in Connecticut? I'm like, hey, what's the deal? Oh, oh you're listening? All right, see you later. Have a good day. Like, like I'm not that patient, right? Like, you're you're patient and then you're also persuasive and you understand how to direct people to take action. That's what makes you really good at what you do. Um, so let's talk about something that people probably don't actually like, like to talk about. So there's a bunch of sales training out there, which is great. And then there's real like tangible subconscious character traits of being a good negotiator. How, like, if you had to like, like when it comes to sales training, like at least with your experience, like, how much of the, how much of it was sales training and then how much of it was you just working on yourself and getting really good at the breaking down a lot of bullshit beliefs you know good question, uh, I, good question. i'd say 80 20 so 80% working on myself 20% my sales skills okay interesting yeah i think that's pretty accurate because even if i even if you could say persuade someone to sell you the property like you presented them the solution, you've built trust and you you showed a ton of conviction and the person truly believes that you say you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. If once the computer shuts or your phone goes off, if you're not actually still 100% on tune with getting that person to the finish line, like you're not really living, you're not living at your standard. So you're, you're, you're basically pretending to be something you're not. Like if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take care. Like, I'm going to do everything I say I'm going to do. And then you, if you're lacking after that, like you go, you get off work, you go, you go to dinner, whatever. If you just like completely tune off and, and don't like care, um, you're not going to feel good about yourself. You're going to be like, eh, maybe I should do a little more. 
So what happens is you start to not feel good about yourself a little bit. And if that continues, it's going to show in your character, like you said. So now tomorrow when I got on the phone, I might've known last night that I blew off Carol and I said, I'll send you this and I didn't, or, you know, I'm going to take care of something. And I'll just do it tomorrow. I'm going to be less confident on the phone the next day. Cause I'm going to feel a little bit weary about myself. I'm like, am I that good though? Is Greg that, are we really going to do, you know what I mean? So you, so basically building that character and it's going to, that's, what's going to drive you to do the most sales because it's not necessarily the, the, you know, going negative, the sales, you know, persuasion, reverse contracts. Like yeah. 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 Questions yeah. like those are all great tools in your belt to use along the process. Um, but that alone is definitely not gonna, gonna get you deals because it doesn't matter really as much your tone of voice. I know there's a lot of things out there. Oh, match the tone of the voice of the person or, you know, match the body language. And like, yes, I'm sure in certain, like it probably does help. Yeah. Um, but people don't really like, I, I started to put less attention on that because people don't care about my tone. They feel my energy through the phone if, if you would. And it We're sounds dramatic, but they literally can feel my energy through the phone and the, even more in person. And that's what gets the deal because, yeah. but if I, if I didn't feel that way about myself, like if I wasn't doing the things I'm supposed to do, they would sense that too. They, they would sense a little uncertainty in me, you know, and that's going to kill a deal. So I could yes. be a perfect salesman. I could be like, Oh yeah, what's going on. I think it'd be my best friend, but, but if they're not totally certain that I'm going to do good business with them, they might be like, well, you're, you're super cool and nice. And I, I, I do believe in you, but I just don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure. There's something about it. I just don't feel weary about. And it's like, that's the X factor that nobody talks about in sales. Cause everyone wants to learn what's the best script. What's the best one liner. I, if I can tell you how many times I've gotten a message, Greg, what's the best one liner. I'm like, dude, there is no one liner. The one liner is get your head out of your ass and fucking commit to being good. Right. That's yeah. The I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. So I was doing some, some sales training and the guy that was in there was like, uh, you know, just, just go for, here's different closings that you can use. Yeah. Just, just go, you know, like if you've identified the problem, whatever, just go for the close. And at the time I was just learning, I was at the dealership and I was like, okay. And I remember I had, <laughs> I talked to this one seller and he was be like, we basically identified that he wanted to sell the house. We're kind of like, he was just like iffy on the price. He's like, well, it's closed. But I'm not really sure. And I just felt confident. I was like, well, I know, you know, what he's looking for and we can do it. And I literally said to him on the phone, I was like, yeah, Bill, like, let's just do it. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, let's just, no, I don't want to just do it. No. I don't. And he got pissed. He was like, he was pissed that I said, like, let's just sign the contract. Like, no, I didn't say let's sign the contract, but I said, you know, let's, let's just do this. Like, let's do it. You know, what are you waiting for pretty much? And I remember he gave me such backfire and I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that works in certain aspects, but that did not work for me. And it's probably not going to work. Um, Especially in real estate, because it's such a long transaction. It's a large, it's a high ticket sale. It's not like we're, if, if you're yeah. selling pens or something and someone's going to fork over three bucks for something like this, maybe that'll work. But people, you go into escrow, you have attorneys involved. Like it's not just like an instant transaction where like the next day it's settled. So you have, 
the seller has all this time to basically back out, right? While you, so, so like, it's not like if they're a hundred percent, not, if they don't have their mind made up, like before they commit to signing the contract, like you're just going to get backlash on the back end. Yeah, so, that's so. true too. Like, even if you were a master at getting the, you yeah, know, the deal, it like, it's not, they're not driving off the lot that day as just like in, cause yeah, exactly. You buy a car and you paid too much, your interest rates too much. You might sit on the couch next it's month. Like, damn, I, I missed out on that deal, but whatever, you know, like you, 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 life goes on, but a house is much more, obviously people have their equity. They're, you know, a lot more involved in the house. Um, and then uh, I remember Hormozzi dropped the sales training and then it spoke more my language, which was basically figure out the problem. And then once you get to the end, basically just present the solution and that's all you have to do. And if they, if they want your solution, they're going to sign the deal and they're going to do the deal with you. Yeah. But if, if they don't, instead of trying to force it, go backwards, like just try to figure out what you missed. And if you can't squeeze a deal out of you, it's not a deal. You know, not everything is is closable. And and that's why it's important that we're not hungry for every deal um, for that reason. Like people are like, oh, wow. So in, in case studies before, back to the competition thing too, this might help some people is um, we've had offers, you know, 20, 30 grand higher than our offer. And I'll straight up ask about it. You know, not not having fear to ask. You're questions. savage for doing this. It's it's, it's yeah, what not, it takes me. <laughs> yeah. So getting over that fear to ask questions is, is a huge game changer. Yeah. So I, I I'll say, you know, how do you feel about that? And I've already built trust with the person. So it's just you're just gonna hear the the most of the time, not everybody, you know, everything's perfect. You know, sometimes people are like, eh, whatever. But uh this guy was like, uh, he's like, they're from North Carolina, you know. I was hoping for someone local you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. So it sounds like this guy's out of state. You don't know him. You might be having doubts that he's going to actually pay that. Yeah, I think so. Well, I'm in Delaware. We've seen the house. We have everything lined up to buy it, but we need to be at this price. And that's how we've won deals. People have been like, you know what? Well, I don't that's care. funny. 20 grand. Uh, yeah. Brett's, Brett's local. He's been calling me every time he says he's going to call me. Anytime I need to get in contact with him, he picks up the phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is shocker. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to sell it to someone out of state. But if I didn't know that information, I might have tried to raise our offer. I might have tried to get a last look. I might There's some things I might have and might not have gotten the deal. But to ask that question is 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 key. I mean, that's that's something that's become you know something we've been doing the past like six month heavy is you know ask if there's competition on the deal. You know, it, are you going to shop around? Are you going to get other offers? Yeah, people okay. are so scared to ask that, but then they end up getting yeah. blindsided. It's like, dude, yeah, you know. Yeah. So so that 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 right there is uh, definitely um how to how to win deals against your competitors <laughs> let's talk let's let's end the show with a good case study because uh and we'll talk about the one uh with pete in newark because that's yeah. a good that's a really good story on how we take our sales process and we use it to to do well in our market right so uh i'll i'll set the stage here pun intended there john martinez plug 
and uh, you know, I'll have you kind of pick up where when I when I leave off. So we got this lead. What is his name? Pete out in Newark. Uh, this was a while ago, a couple maybe in October. And uh, I remember uh, it was like a Sunday, and the lead came in, and you were doing something. So I actually called the lead back and set up an appointment for you to go see the house. And what happened? You went on the appointment the first time, and then he wasn't making a decision, right? So I'll kind of let you take over from here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they wanted to go up to Maine. Uh, they've been living in Delaware for 30 plus years. Um, they're retired now and they wanted to get, you know, something new. So called us over there, did a, did a tour of the house, you know, took me through, explained the house, everything like that. And, uh, we actually weren't sure exactly what we wanted to offer him as well. So going into this one, the plan was to do the tour, build rapport with the guy, because this is a type of seller. It's not an inherited property across the States where it's vacant and you want to just cash out and make 60 grand. He's actually moving from his house. He's been with 30 years to make a huge transition to another state. Like that's a big deal for somebody. Yeah. So, so we knew that meeting him in person, building rapport, building trust, like hearing everything that he had to say, like was very important to get this deal done. So basically the first one was just tour. And after the tour, I said, Hey, can we sit down somewhere and have a chat? Uh, they pulled up the the dining room table. We sat down. I said, okay, so this is, you know, the house looks good, you know, needs some work, but um, it looks good overall. Thank you for taking me through the tour and just kind of went. So I went into the process that I would use on the phone. So same thing condition. Okay. And what's your reason? We're going up to Maine. Okay. And then we talked about Maine. What do you like about Maine? Whatever. We're going, we want to, okay. When do you want to go to Maine? Uh, a month and whatnot. Okay. And then we, we got the price and I was like, well, what do you guys own the house? Oh, I remember this, dude. This is where it got hard. Yeah. You yeah, owe yeah. like 95 grand. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, to get up to Maine, like how much, how much do you need? Um, so I'll, I'll let you guys in on a little, little uh, ninja trick here. Uh, a lot of the time, if that's the case, instead of, because a lot of people might not know exactly what the house is worth or what to ask for. So it kind of breaks things down simple. If you ask, you know, what do you want to put in your pocket over what's owed? So essentially he owed 95 grand. And I was like, so you're moving up to Maine. Like how much money do you need to get to Maine to make yeah. this possible? And <laughs> Pete goes, oh my God, I remember this. Yeah. He goes, well, <laughs> He goes, well, honestly, we don't really need anything to get up to Maine. And oh, I was like, I thought the wife was going to fucking murder him. So I went like I, my lips shut. I look at the wife and she was like, she gave him like the eyes, like the fuck are you doing, Pete? And uh, of course, papers are coming. And, and then and then he was like, well, and they were both like, well, you know, we can get some money, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I was like, OK, I was like, and then they were like, yeah, 20, 30 grand. I was like, all right, cool. So. If we're around 115, 120 on this house, probably going to take the offer. Uh, we did. It wasn't the time and place to get into a negotiation. So I basically packed up. Thanks again. Packed up. Packed <laughs> up went, went home and uh, we called them the same day. Thanks for letting us see the house. Um, you know, this, this is what, you know, this is where we need to be at about one. I don't know. We started at probably hundred, 110. Yeah. And uh, I was like, we need to be here or we might've went for right for 120. Cause I know we bought it for 120. So 
Um, no, we didn't. Remember, we were creeping up, right? So I think we offered him like one fourteen, and uh, he was like, mm, "Like, I don't know." Uh, we were hoping for a little bit more, I think, but give me a day to talk about. It. He was a very oh, slow. Oh, I remember this. So he's he's very slow. Some you, you'll learn. Some people are more well, obviously you know, but maybe new investors getting into it will learn that everybody kind of works at their own time frame. Some deals are right away immediately. People are like, sell it, buy it. You know, other people it's it's like them. It's a much more involved. So they're like, we need to think about it. So we're like, okay, you know, they, we've done everything. They're not wasting our time. They're not. They ended up shopping the offer, but they weren't, it's, in our opinion at the time, weren't really doing anything, but working with us. So we were like, okay, take, you know, take the day, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll touch base tomorrow. And uh, I remember I told you that and you were like, oh shit. <laughs> you were like, that's not good. Cause basically any time, uh, time kills deals, as you always say. So it's like, we knew at that moment, like the sooner we can get an accepted offer and get into an agreement, the better chance we have of buying the property. Anything from that point, the the chances just go down. So, so I'll uh, pick up day, real quick. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll, tell, yeah, you can, yeah, take over. So, so Brett's telling me he's telling me the whole deal, and I'm, I'm, I'm just like, all right, all right. Uh, I said, how bad do you want to get this house? And he's like, pretty bad. I said, okay, so I'm going to give you some uncomfortable instructions. And if you follow them, they're probably, you're probably going to buy this house. I said, Brett, look for a reason to get back inside that property. Do not do this over the phone. By the way, people listening, you people, my lovely listeners, uh, this was like five minutes from where Brett lives, like, like down the street, basically like off route 40. Like it's like, right. You know what I mean? Like local property. So he drives back out to the house. I think he told him like, you had to go check something out or whatever. So Brett lets yeah. himself back into the property. And I said, Brett, on your way out the door, say, Pete, I know we were going to speak on Thursday, but I mean, I'm already here. We might as well try to work something out and get that pesky price out of the way. So you sit down on the couch and I'll let you take over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it went. I was like, yeah, I just need to check the, the attic real quick or something like that. So check the attic was like, cool. And then I said that exactly, you know, uh, I know we we're going to talk about this tomorrow. Actually, I, I started off, I, I actually said, you know, so are we, you know, is there anything else? What are the questions do you have about everything? Cause we were, we were still negotiating and he's like, no, we're all good. Like, and I was like, okay, so basically aside from the price. So I, I took the price at aside from the price. Are we good? Yes. We want to sell the house. We want to close in 30 days. We want to sell it as is. We'd like to sell it to you. Great. It's just that pesky price. He goes, yep. So I said, okay, I know we were supposed to chat about this, you know, later this evening, but I'm here now. I was like, do you think we could just, just whack this out right now? Let's not cock around. Yeah. So he goes, you know, sure. We sat down and I said, he gave me a little bit of resistance, actually. He said, well, we only spoke a little bit and we have to talk about it more in detail. So he gave me a no, actually. He was like, we have to talk about it more in detail. And I just kind of pushed at that point. I was like, you know, maybe let me know what you guys have in mind so far. And then we can basically see if we can put the pieces together. And he's like, all right, fine. <laughs> so we, sat, <laughs> we sat down in the, in the living room this time and the wife was there and they were there. And I was like, look, guys, we, we saw the whole house. We, we want to buy it. You know, you guys want to sell the property. Like, how, it's just this pesky price. I mean, how can we figure just this out? Just whack this thing out and get this done. Yeah. So they're like, well, we really want 125 for it. 
which we could have bought it for anyway. But um, I, so that was a good sign. I was like, okay, at least we have a deal here. Um, so we really want 125, but we were really trying to buy at 120 or under. So we were at like 115. And uh, that's crazy. We did a walk through, and then I remember I FaceTimed you to walk through the house real quick because you need to check a couple of things, and we can we can chat about you know how to how to handle that. So I was like, look, Pete, like we'll you know in order to get this done, like we'll we'll do one seventeen five, and he's like, he's like, yeah, we 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 were thinking one twenty is the lowest we'll go, and I was like, okay, so one twenty. And you will, that's pretty much the deciding factor and you selling the property to us and moving forward with an agreement. And he's like, yeah. I was like, are you sure? Yes. Are you a hundred percent positive? Yes. Okay, cool. That's when I called you up. I was like, Hey, can we do 120? You were like, yeah, um, definitely lock it up. That's the guy <laughs> so, who had the printer okay. in his own house and you had to use the seller. Yeah. Printer. Yeah. So, so I went back inside. I said, Pete, you know, we'll do the 120. Like let's any, they're like, okay. So you sent me a contract to Dropbox and um, I, so it wasn't already printed and we didn't want to do DocuSign. So we were trying to figure out, I guess I was going to either run home or go to the thing, but I just asked Pete, I was like, Hey, you got a printer? He's like, yep. I was like, can we use your printer to print out the, the contract? He's like, yeah, sure. So printed the contract at his house on the spot and uh, you know, filled it out, had him sign it. And then um, that that that's all she wrote, you know. And then I'll sell it for thirty five thousand dollars. Velocity special. <laughs> but well, your yeah. takeaways from that? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And well, remember he he got flaky on us too, so that was an important aspect of it all. Oh, too. All right, I'll share that. I'll share. I'll I'll, okay. I'll talk about what happened on that deal. Yeah. So the the end of the story is that we wholesale it for thirty five grand successfully. The thing that we left out is that when I went to go wholesale the house, when Brett locked it up. Cause Brett does the acquisitions. I do the disposition. So uh, I put out like the deal to my little local Delaware list, which, you know, at the time wasn't anything big. Now it's a pretty decent sized list. And there was some guy on the list who was competing with me and he didn't know that well, apparently I didn't think he's a liar, but he thought he didn't think that we had it under contract. So he took the freaking email and he actually sent it to the seller and the email was like wholesale deal. We had it marked up 35 grand over 120. So whatever that number was. And it said like meat on the bone, wholesale deal, new arc special. Like it, it, it was a pretty co compelling email to say the least. By the way, we sold it sight unseen to some guy. Uh, shout out to Jack. Uh, anyway, so the seller called Brett after he found all this out. And Brett was trying to get in touch with me. I was actually right here doing something and I couldn't answer the phone. I was like, dude, you got to like, give me an hour. Like I'm on, I'm on a call right now. And uh, you're like, nah, dude, you got to like, we got to chat like this, this <laughs> Newark deal is taking a shit. And I'm like, all right, give me a minute. So I wrapped up what I was doing. I called Brett and he's like, dude, this, uh, you know, the seller found out we're wholesaling it. Like he's get freaking out. And, and, you know, and what ended up happening was I found out who this guy was. Uh, he'll go unnamed, but um I called him up and I was like, basically like, dude, like you got to cut this out. Like, I don't care what the fuck you're trying to do. <laughs> Just cut this out and we're cool. So squash that guy. But then the real hard part was, and by the way, the takeaway was I didn't like curse the guy out. I was just like, Hey man, I heard you did this. Don't do it again. Don't call me back. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of was like, put this guy on the shelf. Um, but we called the seller the next morning and I, I felt bad at this point. Cause the seller felt like he basically got hosed, which he didn't. He, he he got pissed because basically he 
like his bottom line was 120. And then when he saw the property for like 145 or whatever, he felt like we took advantage of him. That's what he felt. That wasn't the truth. However, this is how we were able to defuse the bomb, right? Because Brett and I were on the phone basically on like the crisis hotline talking this guy off the ledge uh, figuratively. And I was like, you probably feel embarrassed. You feel like you got taken advantage of. You feel like we did you a disservice and you probably feel humiliated at this point. So I took exactly all the emotions he was probably feeling, labeled them out loud, got him to acknowledge us and, and you know, what we're saying to this guy. And I said, at the end of the day, um, two days ago, you were happy as a clam at 120. And now you see us trying to wholesale this property and you feel like you got taken advantage of. And he's like, yeah, I said, the only thing that changed wasn't the price. It was your perception of the price. And I said, listen, sometimes we wholesale properties, right? We got a bunch of properties going on right now. This one was one we're going to wholesale. It's not going to change the price. It's not going to change anything. You're still going to get your money. We're still going to close whenever you want to close. We're just taking our profit early here, right? And we're able to get this guy to basically calm down and see things from our side of the table and then at the end, I think I was like, hey, I heard you're moving to Maine, so I'll throw in a free can of bear spray for the inconvenience. And he like laughed, and then we knew we had the deal back together, closed it like a month later, and uh, you know that was a good deal for everyone. We all made a bunch of money on it. So uh, yeah. here's the takeaway for that. You're going to have obstacles come up on your deals. Not every deal is going to be smooth. You're going to have crap like that happen. I mean, Brett's been in this business long enough where he understands that fucking happens. And um, you know, persistence breaks resistance, right? If you are persistent and you're consistent – and, you know, you can build yourself up as well as your sales skills. You can turn into a savage like Brett and you can start buying, you know, eight houses to 10 houses a month. So, Brett, as we wrap the show up here, we've gone a little bit over. Um, yep. What's your advice to somebody like your your 95.5 advice to somebody if you had to really give them like a punchline or something on how they can make it in this real estate business? Because literally a couple of years ago, you know, you were putting out cat five, swinging the bat, and now you're you're, you're making some serious cash in our business and, and, and change your life. So you've been on both sides of the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I probably sound like I'm uh, beating a dead horse, but definitely wraps around back to, you know, your values and your and your process that you have for people. So back to when Brady was telling us about you know, a business being a factory, how good, how solid is your factory? You know, like how, how good is your business really? Um, because the thing with that Pete in Newark, even if we couldn't wholesale that house, we were going to buy it. percent. So when speaking with the seller, I was a hundred percent had conviction because I knew I'm telling this guy, we're going to close when you need us to close. We're going to pay 120 grand. And I wasn't saying, you know, we need a two week due diligence period or, you know, we're going to no, come back on no. this deal. I was like, we're going to buy this house and we're going to help you. And so basically just, you know, doing the daily habits, like, you know, being urgent with the people, with your leads, you know, no matter how you feel every day, just realize that you got to pick up that phone. Um, you know, be a man of your word, work with or woman, you know, work with your integrity, do what you say you're going to do and have a good process, you know, have something you truly believe in. And uh, if those things are in a line and you keep working every day, you'll learn the sales techniques over time. You know, you'll learn what questions to ask, how to get more information. Um, but ultimately, if, if you can figure out the cores, um, that'll basically take you long-term because even if you're good at wholesaling and you're doing a lot of deals up front, if you don't have those values in the back end long-term, you might build that relationship. Your ship. 
yeah, you can build bad relationships with other investors. You people are going to start, you know, things people know if you do good business or not. So that would be my, you know, that's my biggest tip. You know, advice is just, you know, the values and having a good system and and just doing it consistently every day. Love it. I couldn't agree more, buddy. And that's why you're a staple to our team. So if people, I know you're not a big social media guy. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you? On, I think you have a Facebook, right? I do still have a Facebook. Yeah. What is it? Brett Generelli? Yep. B-R-E-T-T. Generelli. G-E-N-N-A-R-E-L-L-I. Yeah. There's, I think there's a few Brett Generellis too. So it's the one where the guy yeah. looks like he's like 26 years old, you know, with like the facial hair <laughs> stuff. Uh, one, that lives the in, uh, one that lives in Delaware. Yeah, the one that lives in Delaware. Um, you brought, yeah, most listeners probably don't know many people that live down here. So Yeah, exactly. Especially the slower lower, which you're not in. But uh, anyway, buddy, it's always good having you on the show. Thank you for contributing. And I uh, look forward to buying thousands more houses with you, bro. So we'll catch you soon. Thanks, bro. Pleasure to be here. Hey, what's going on? This is Greg Hellbeck here. And if you're listening to this, odds are you are a real estate investor. And a big question that I always get asked is, Greg, how do you get your deals? So I have the answer to that question. The main way that I get deals, and it's been this way for years, is through direct mail marketing. Now, direct mail marketing is certainly not easy, but if you have direct mail dialed in the right way, it is profitable month after month after month after month. So I'm actually gonna give you a free guide, which is my top five direct mail mistakes. So if you want to check out my guide absolutely for free, Go to directmailclass.com, put in your name and email, and you will get my guide, which is my top five fatal direct mail mistakes. If you just use that guide alone, it will make you a much better direct mail marketer. So if you want to learn how to optimize and become very successful finding deals through direct mail marketing for your real estate investment company, go to directmailclass.com and get my free guide. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I hope you got a lot of value from this specific episode. And there are a few takeaways that you're able to gather from this to implement in your business so you can be a more successful real estate investor. So if you did get value from the show, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. That's how we keep growing the show and getting great guests is because people see the reviews. They see that we have a high quality show and they want to contribute as a guest. So that would be great. Also, if you got value, if you could share the show on social media, that would be great because that is how people see this besides the reviews. So once again, if you did get value, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes and share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me and I'll see you on the next episode.